Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Like Joe Burrow said, better send those refunds. The Niners defense stifled Dak and the Cowboys. And this year, the Eagles are the ones handing out the beatings. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Cincinnati Bengals are giant killers. Last year, it was Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. This time, it was Josh Allen in Buffalo in the snow. The Bengals don't just win. They dominate this game 27 to 10 in a game where they closed on FanDuel at five and a half point underdogs. It was an incredible sight. Started out 14 nothing and did not look back. Jake Liskow from Locked on Bengals joins me now. And Jake, what was the game plan in this one that allowed the Bengals to take such full advantage of seemingly every opportunity and weakness the Bills have? They did what they've done all season, and the snow didn't seem to adversely affect them. If anything, it seemed to help them. I think both sides on defense were a little bit affected, particularly in the passing game. The ability to quickly break on a wide receiver was not really there for both sides. But the Bengals in this one, Joe Burrow dialed in early and often and doing what he needed to do while the offensive line found its footing. That was the most impressive thing to me about this game is the way that the Bengals makeshift offensive line with three backups played. They got the running game going for the first time in over a month, I want to say, and just did whatever they wanted to do on offense. I think they had one or two drives that I would call failed drives outside of that. They were knocking on the door every single drive they had and had a controversially overturned touchdown and I can understand the NFL's reasoning there and another drive that was very close to a touchdown that ended in field goals so on the offensive side I just thought they played their game and were dominant and the Bills never found answers on the defensive side of the ball they pressured really well in this game they lived and died with their front four and sent some really timely blitzes we saw Mike Hilton in the second half hit Josh Allen I think on three plays in the fourth quarter one of those could have very well been ruled a fumble it was overturned again on the field as the call went the Bills' way. But pressuring Josh Allen in this game, I think, was massive because the Bengals' corners, although Cam Taylor-Britt made two really good plays in this game, are the area where you would target if you're the Buffalo defense. That ability wasn't there for Josh Allen today because he was under duress all game, and the magic of Josh Allen under duress seemed to me, for the most part, to disappear in this game. You mentioned the offensive line and the running game, 34 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon had 20 for 105 and a score. How did they do it with a, a backup makeshift scotch tape and paperclip offensive line? They were just out physicaling the Bills defensive line, which is not something that I really saw coming. Like they've got some powerful dudes on that offensive line in Cincinnati. Cordell Volson, the, the rookie left guard, Jackson Carmen's calling card is his power uh, and, and the starting right guard in this game for the injured Alex Kappa, uh, Max Sharping is a big guy and has played a lot of football and is powerful when he gets his hands on you too. And that looks like a lot of the plan to me that they, they found the right buttons to push in the run game. Going to be really interesting to watch. Saw some cool stuff with poolers in this game, in the, in the run game for the Bengals as well. And the rugby scrums were a huge factor 
Um, we, we saw this game last year in the AFC title game, and it was a tale of two halves with Kansas City coming out, a house of fire, and then the Bengals making some incredible adjustments, Lou Anarumo, and, and that defense really turned that game. Uh, how, how, how much of that game plan is transferable this week, just early feel? I mean, they've continued to use this year when they beat the Chiefs in the regular season in Cincinnati for the second straight year. Some of that drop eight stuff a little bit more selectively, right? Because Patrick Mahomes saw it and other defensive coordinators tried to copy it. And there were adaptations, of course, with Kansas City. We'll have to see how healthy Mahomes is with that high ankle sprain, too, because that obviously has a big impact on the way you rush him. The thing that was most impressive to me about the way the Bengals defense played the Chiefs in uh, the regular season this year was how well they contained Mahomes in that game. I recall him maybe having one play where he broke the pocket and extended the play. It was called back for a penalty, so it didn't even count anyway. But that was a huge, huge aspect of the Bengals limiting the Chiefs to 24 points in that game and coming out with the win. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bengals on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Dak Prescott had no answers for the 49ers defense. Will the Eagles? But first, the most important player for the Chiefs may not be 100% next week if he plays at all. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. I had a bunch of them over the weekend. They are incredibly fun. Looking at tonight's matchup to watch. The Milwaukee Bucks should beat the Detroit Pistons, right? Well, but how confident are you? FanDuel has the Bucks favored by 11 and a half. Could be interesting as the Bucks are coming off a loss to the Cavs in Cleveland. Though early reports, Giannis and Chris Middleton could play. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 20 on Saturday, but they did it with Patrick Mahomes playing on one leg for more than half the game. Mahomes had a high ankle sprain, as reported by ESPN. Before we go all nuclear with the news, there is precedent here. Mahomes injured his ankle in week one of the 2019 season, also against the Jaguars, and didn't miss any time, throwing seven touchdowns and averaging 409 passing yards while leading the Chiefs to victories in the next two games. Andy Reid, not worried. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I don't want to jump to things right now, but we'll, let's just see how it goes here the next couple days. I mean, it's going to be sore, I know. Let's see where he's at. He's had this before. Uh, he was able to keep pushing through actually against Jacksonville whenever a couple years ago, same same type of deal. So he pushed through that. Um, the main thing is is that he's safe, and that's that's uh, or as safe as you can be on a football field. So um, you know that's it. That's the important thing. Saquon Barkley needs a new contract. The standout running back just put together an impressive season in his final year under contract with the Giants. 
This, of course, was his last game over the weekend as the Giants fell to the Eagles 38-7. Not great. New York fans can rest easy, though, as he's not looking to break the bank. I mean, I'm not really too concerned about resetting any markets or anything like that. Um, I'm realistic. Uh, I know where I was on, you know, pace to do, uh, but having two years of filled up with injuries and you know, having a season of not performing to a level that I know I can perform uh, doesn't help. Uh, but I think I was able to show that the type of caliber of player I am, um, the things I'm able to do on a football field, um, that was something I, that's something I wanted to do. That was my goal this year, and I was able to accomplish that. Um, and now it's just, you know, sit down with my agent, Kim, um, see what happens. On the hardwood, the reason why the Dallas Mavericks fell to the LA Clippers was clear. The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Los Angeles Clippers, and their focus just wasn't in it. Nick Gangstead from the Lockdown Mavericks podcast here. The Dallas Mavericks have a couple of things that really get them hung up, and one of those is they miss their threes. They go out to the other end of the court. They don't seem to like they're locked in. If their defense isn't locked in, if they don't put a ton of effort on the defensive end, on the rebounding effort, then this team can fall. And the third one is if calls aren't going their way. If the refs start calling things for one team and not calling them for the other team, this Mavs team just gets completely out of the game, and that's exactly what happened in this game. Clippers got a lot of really touchy calls here and there, tic-tac stuff. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they just draw calls a lot. And with the Mavericks, all of a sudden when calls stopped going their way, their offense completely fell off the table. Fourth quarter was a disaster for the Mavericks. Luka Doncic was just completely out of it in so many different ways. A 29-point off game for Luka, but that's what happens when the Dallas Mavericks just stop paying attention on offense, really, and start getting too focused on what the refs are calling. And the New Orleans Pelicans lost, but got some good news they've been waiting for. Same old script for New Orleans in their Sunday afternoon loss to the Miami Heat. But prior to the game, the Pelicans got some very good news. I'm Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans. It was more of the same for the New Orleans Pelicans, who are still without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Build a first half lead through inspired play, lose it in the third quarter, and be unable to come up with enough offense to close the game out in the fourth. The biggest difference Sunday was rookie Dyson Daniels making a couple of key hustle plays at the end, forcing a jump ball with Jimmy Butler after a horrendous five-second call by the refs and then winning that jump ball. But emblematic of the Pelicans struggling offense, CJ McCollum missed the game winning three at the end. He was five of 16 shooting on the night. The best news for the Pelicans came before the game when head coach Willie Green said that Brandon Ingram has participated in five on five practice. That's the biggest hurdle he needed to reach before stepping back out on the court. So while the script was the same on Sunday, the Pelicans hope it'll soon be very different. Here is another story you need to know. The San Francisco 49ers are going back to the NFC Championship game. They dispatched with the Dallas Cowboys 19-12 to in a game that was a lot more exciting than the scoreboard would have you believe, even if you're not like a hardcore, oh, defense kind of guy. This was an exciting football game from start to finish. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers and, of course, the Peacock and Williamson Show, Brian Peacock and Brian the Brock Purdy train continues. He is now got this team at 7-0 and when he is under center. How did they manufacture just enough offense in this game to win it? Uh, it was because the, the rookie quarterback is the one that wasn't turning the ball over. Yeah. I think that was the big difference in this game. The veteran was the one making mistakes, and the rookie take took what 
the Dallas defense gave him, which was not a lot. Uh, even sometimes when he looked a little frenetic, was getting flushed out of the pocket. He didn't make huge mistakes. He took a couple sacks, but didn't throw the ball to the other team, didn't fumble, and he allowed the 49ers to sort of right the ship and get down the field, kick some field goals. Robbie Gold just as clutch as always and uh, eventually got him down the field. They got that touchdown in the second half and were able to seal that victory. But yeah, but mistake not mistake free. It was very imperfect. It wasn't big numbers, but the rookie's not playing like a rookie and he has so many, so much guts and it's it's really uh, pretty unbelievable to watch uh, what's happening right now with this team going to the NFC Championship now. You mentioned those turnovers, Dak Prescott with a pair of interceptions, you know, without the the benefit of film and and all of that, it, it is always a little bit difficult to say, but it seemed like both of those were on the quarterback and the Cowboys in this game managed just 282 yards of total offense. Neither team lit up the scoreboard in that department. We've seen D'Amico Ryans and company do this before, but we also saw the Cowboys last week absolutely demolish a pretty talented Buccaneers defense. So how was the 49er defense able to keep Dak in check in this one? Uh, well, the 49ers also a few weeks ago did the exact same thing to the Buccaneers. So I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to be really indicative of what we we're going to see this week, just because that was a Buccaneers team that probably didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs. And they, sure they were on a different level than, than the Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, but, and this is, and, and the Cowboys were clearly the best defense the 49ers have seen in a while. So it was really good to see the 49ers go through that and see young Brock Purdy go through that. They weren't able to light up the scoreboard and put up 30 points. They, it took 19 points to win this game, but the, D'Amico Ryans in the 49ers defense held the Cowboys to 12 points. Uh, and obviously the interceptions were huge. Those were drive killers for the Cowboys. Let the 49ers go down. Didn't get a lot of points, but they did kick a, a couple of field goals from those. But, you know, players like uh, you, you see how important someone like Fred Warner is to the 49ers mm. defense and some of the plays he can make, not only in the run, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, blitzing the quarterback, making plays in the backfield. But then when he's retreating and he has to go in coverage and there was a play late in the game where Dak was trying to, to to make an explosive play, go down the field. It could have been a potential touchdown. And Fred Warner is lined up in the A-gap at the snap. He turns, runs, finds C.D. Lamb, carries him all the way down the seam, and, and breaks up the play. It's just a remarkable play that most linebackers, and probably not any other linebacker, to be honest, can can make that play. And so when when this game, when it's really tight, you really see how important some some glue characters are for the 49ers and how important those Fred Warner types, the George Kittle types are, because it might only be a few plays a game. It might not be eye popping and wowing numbers, but the heart and soul players that they are on each side of the ball, you can really see how important they are. So that's probably the biggest thing I would point to is all pro Fred and all pro, all pro George on the other side. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, last year the Eagles were knocked out of the playoffs in the first round. This year, things are much different. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you have to try Bilt Bar. I, I say this every time, but every time it's true. I had one today. I had one yesterday and I plan on having one tomorrow. I have them essentially every day because whether I'm working out, whether I'm on the go, whether I'm just a hungry dad trying to take care of my toddler, I, I want something delicious that's also going to fuel my body. And there aren't many things out there that can do it, but Built Bar can with 100% real chocolate, 
plus all of the macros that you're looking for, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and of course, that's 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get the box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built Bars at Built.com. You can still do that, but you can also just go to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box today. You need some? Go get some. It's that easy. The Philadelphia Eagles endured one and done last playoffs. This year, though, things are different, as Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri of Locked on Eagles point out. I'm sitting there an hour and a half before the game. I feel like my life is going to end with the anxiety. He goes into that building, his first chance to win a home playoff game, and yeah. he does it, man. He capitalizes, does everything great for this team. And it wasn't just your quarterback. It's the play design, the play call, the trust in your weapons, the defense, Lou. Oh, my goodness, did they come out flying today. And that yeah. was the most reminiscent part of 2017 what that defense was able to do to the Giants offense today, coming off the back of arguably their best performance, they made the Giants offense look like a, a college football team. I, I'm sorry, well, no disrespect and that's to the them, most beautiful but that's what they part. did. Gino, that's the most beautiful part of this game, is it felt a lot like the 2021 wildcard game in Tampa Bay, where you look at the Buccaneers mm -hmm. and Eagles, oh, and from the jump, the first drive, Tom Brady drives down the field and scores, and you say the Eagles just are not on this level. The fact that just one calendar year later, it's the same kind of situation, but you mm -hmm. are on the opposite end of that kind of situation where it's the giants that you're saying in the second round of the playoffs, you're feeling like your team is substantially more talented than the other mm -hmm. team. That's an incredible feeling. And it shows just how far this team has come because that literally was the Eagles one year ago. This is something we see in sports all the time. It's a classic trope of having to get over the hump. A young team figures out a way to win. But we also have to remember here that winning is not always linear. That progress is not always linear. So it's great. And yes, the Eagles last year, they've made this jump. But they added pieces, big pieces. A.J. Brown. You bring in during the season and Dominican Sue, Javon, Javon Hargrave is, is unlocked because you have Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue who you add. You bring in James Bradbury to go along with Darius Slay. These are force multipliers. It's not just expecting your team to somehow get better. And sometimes the best laid plans can go awry simply because you get unlucky. The Buffalo Bills invested in Von Miller. He was wrecking games for them this season. They signed him to be the best player on the field on defense in the postseason. Unfortunately, he gets hurt and they lose. On the flip side, the Bengals invest heavily in their offensive line and those guys get hurt, but in the playoffs, they're able to make it work. But just because the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year doesn't mean they will go out and get a Super Bowl win this year, we know it doesn't work that way. And so while we often see it and we talk about this trope of, of trying to battle your demons and overcoming adversity, oh, the team that beat you a couple times, now you go out and beat them to get to the next level. Yeah, those are nice stories to tell. You still have to go out and do it. You still have to go out and get those wins. And so Eagles fans, I hope they savor these wins and understand that just because 
last year you got beat doesn't mean this year you're going to do the beating. And just like this week you did the beating doesn't mean next week you will do it again. Or next year you will do it again. As always, enjoy the ride. And finally, everyone loves an upset. But how about an unranked double-digit underdog knocking off the number one ranked team in the land? That's what you get with men's college basketball. Temple entered their matchup with number one Houston as 19-point underdogs and left with a 56-55 win. And this win was not a fluke. The largest lead that Houston had in this game was three. Sometimes the odds makers get it way wrong. Way wrong. But sometimes. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, Jerry Jones says Mike McCarthy is safe as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Should he be? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.